right. Well, you know what? Um, let's do our usual, which is uh, any recollections, favorite moments, uh, stuff from the last game that you remember. Or if you have any questions again about sort of that debrief that we had done a little while ago, not sure if you guys have had a chance to read the rules a little bit more, get into some of the characters, all that's kind of open game if you want to you know, just kind of talk about that a little bit before we get right into things. I'm starting. I, so at a meta level, um, oh, am I getting, are you getting a weird echo for me? No. No. Okay. Good, good sound, um, actually. I am going to finish the fifth book soon. And Qu- then Quartz I will read the rules, but I don't want spoilers. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I just, I just I, finished it uh, a couple days ago, actually. So. Yeah. I, um, so one of the things that I realized. Um, about several of my RPG characters. <laughs> they all have daddy issues. They all have daddy issues. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not going like, anywhere near this not one. Not just Astrid. But um, it was very impactful for Astrid as a character to have a moment with her father after being totally, you know, defeated by Tycho, which Astrid did not expect and did not like. Um, but in terms of my least favorite moment, which I did not remember and was horribly reminded of by my notes, was there was a lot of these things called blood worms, and uh-huh. I'm not going to be any more descriptive than that. Okay. It was gross. <laughs> thank you, Leah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Leah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But that was definitely the most memorable part, Leah, when you became the Blood Fiona. That was yeah, pretty clutch, huh? Pretty clutch. Yeah. And I did enjoy putting all of the blood worms to... Hold that hand to me. That went really well. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the rest wasn't going so good, no. especially when you're fighting Sigrid and Cassandra at the same time. That was always going to go really badly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too funny. Anything else? Any questions about the, you know, the, the the game rules or anything like that before we go on? All right. So, um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with Leah. Give, give... Oh, wait. I, I do have a quick question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't uh-huh. know if you can answer it. Um, it just came to me. Uh-huh. My shadow dragon? Yep. Yeah, where the heck do is I it? I know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're gonna okay. have to find out. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that, that's the fair shadow answer. dragon I, probably didn't you. come into the pattern with us. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you guys have been all over the freaking place, and the poor thing is probably you know, it's like, oh, where's my master? <laughs> I'm getting hungry. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> oh, too too funny. Okay. Um, so, Sorrel, you walk into this room of cold, almost sterile light, and there is this faint fluorescent luminescence that kind of surrounds you. You are in a modern kind of chamber, um, 
kind of sparse and minimalist in a way, other than the array of screens that seem to be projected into various spaces all around the room. Some float holographic-like, sort of moving throughout the air. Others seem to be projected onto parts of the wall. And other than the flickering of different images, which seem to fade in and out, most of the room, other than the furniture at the center, is pretty sparse. But of course, seated at the center of a room, and you had appeared into this space seeking an individual called the architect. And uh, you see that there is a youngish man, slight of build, not particularly athletic, but handsome and attractive in his own way, dark hair and light eyes. And you see that the colors that seem to be predominant, at least in terms of decor and um, some of the clothing that he seems to wear, are purple and gray. Although somewhat incongruous to this, he appears to have a University of California Berkeley sort of sweatshirt on, sort of blue and gold, and uh, just some casual jeans and um, open-toed sandals. And he kind of is sitting in a lounge's chair and uh, apparently kind of waiting expectantly for you. And as we left off several game, uh, games ago, he introduces himself and calls himself Merlin. What do you do? I'm going to approach and introduce myself right back as Sorrel. He gets out of his chair and he extends his hand um, and uh, offers for a handshake. I'll accept. Okay. And nothing particularly firm or overpowering about it. It's actually a fairly um, delicate touch. Um, and you feel that his hands are actually quite, quite smooth, although you can feel the calluses on his right hand that are typical of blade work. And he says, well, Sorrel, welcome to my sanctum, I guess. Do you want to tell me how you even got here? Oh, Christmas, I was helping you would know. Oh, so you didn't seek this place out? No, I was with a brother and some of my cousins, and I seem to have slipped away somehow. Huh. Can I, uh, get you anything to drink? Refreshment? Water would be lovely. Just water, huh? Come all this way and that's your poison? I mean... I can get you whatever you want. Sometimes going back to basics is what I want. All right, that's fair. Uh, he kind of 
does a slight gesture and you notice on his forefinger of his right hand, there's a band of light, almost like a ring that seems to flash into pulse. And he says, um, sparkling, non-sparkling, ice, no ice. What's your preference? Sparkling. Sparkling. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, would you mind, um, you know what? I'll have the same, but, uh, bring in, I don't know. Hey, Sorrel, should we be celebrating anything? I don't know about you, but hmm. I could celebrate. Celebrate? Why not? Okay. And he kind of rattles off some like Mouton Rothschild 1892 champagne type of thing. Definitely some, you know, highly aged thing. And he says, uh, yeah, could you, could you, you know, bring that kind of thing? Like look for something, cross-reference, see if you can get something that kind of fits all the parameters and everything. And uh, the band kind of pulses. And then almost like a pixelated, almost you know, sort of Star Trek transporter beam appearing kind of, you know, in front of the uh, the coffee table that you're seated on. There is a glass that sort of materializes with ice and sparkling water. And, you know, it's very kind of bubbly. There is a side tray of sort of, you know, citrus, um, even some mint, uh, uh, you know, leaves and sprigs, if you want to kind of put that in. And uh, similarly on his side, he gets a very similar type of sparkling water drink and then there is this thing of champagne and he kind of grabs it and he fiddles with it a real little bit um awkwardly kind of you know i was never good at these things and then the 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 the, uh the cork kind of goes off and it starts to overflow Uh, um ghost uh can you uh glasses please and maybe just kind of transfer it so it don't spill and then again this sort of materializing, um, you know, transporter effect kind of happens. And then the, the glass seems to then contain almost like the liquid is transferred inside and there's the kind of bubbly. And he slides it over to you. You know, you don't have to have it. And I get that you're kind of stranger in a strange land. So if you don't want to drink it or you want me to drink first, I'm cool with that. But anyway, Sorrel. Cheers. And he raises his glass of water to you, uh, indicating for, uh, you know, a, a toast. Uh, Sora will toast him and then add a, mi- a mint leaf to her glass. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, last time I had these, it was kind of like a muddled mojito kind of mint type of thing. But anyways, that was back in California. Have you be- you, you haven't been to Berkeley, have you? I'm not entirely sure. I have been to California, but I'm not entirely certain those memories are real. Okay. That's a bit different. I mean, usually people will just tell me, yeah, I've been, or no, I haven't. Not, yes, I've been, but I don't know if it's actually real or not. Like, that's a little bit strange. Okay, well... an extremely strange week. Oh, yeah. You know what? I have those at least twice a month at least and this this month it's gotten pretty weird i have to say anyways Mm. well okay if you didn't seek me out and 
I certainly wasn't looking for you. Why? Why are we together? Not that I mind. I mean, you seem like a really pleasant person and, you know, even though you haven't gone to Berkeley or anything. It's a great school. I seem to have found myself here. It seems to have been drawing me to you, but I have no idea why. Where were you going before you came here? Or rather, where were you trying to go? We're trying to find the unicorn. Bitch. He spits out his water... (laughs) What? What? Okay, okay, okay. Are are you serious? Of course. Okay, so you didn't look for me. You went to Berkeley, but you're not sure that was real. And where you were going, just to paraphrase, is you were looking for a unicorn. Did I get all that right? <laughs> a unicorn. Or the unicorn. Okay, okay, that that's that's very, very specific, right? <laughs> Normally one talks about a unicorn, kind of, you know, like not a definitive thing, like it's a, I don't know, major, I don't know. But you're telling me you met the unicorn. Problem oh. is that I did not meet the unicorn. Oh, that's where you were trying when? to go when you went to California that you're not sure if it was real or not was coming from California, allegedly. Allegedly. Wow, Sorrel. I've seen some pretty weird stuff, but you're (laughs) kind of up there on the intrigue factor. Like if I had to kind of, you know, put you in a, some sort of quadrant, um, (coughs) ghost, did you do this? Did you perhaps... Waylay, Miss Sor- Sorrel, do you have a last name, place of origin, that type of thing? Any type of honorific Cor- or title? Sorry will do. Sorry. Wow. I like it. Well, I'm well, not going to say that you can call me Murray because that just wouldn't work. <laughs> Merlin is just fine. And please, please, please never call me Merle. That just <laughs> would suck. Okay. Um. All right. Ghost, I'm waiting. And then he kind of holds up his hand and then the band kind of pulses and this sort of almost neutral kind of voice resonates from and you kind of feel it speaking from the different speakers and you can see all of a sudden forming into a little bit of a face. Um, that spread off, uh, uh, spread across, you know, um, the, the multiple lines. You can see almost like these kind of bands of light that kind of break up into this kind of visage. And he says, uh, well, dad, um, she was intriguing and there were kind of motes of probability and potential kind of around the whole thing and it was kind of pulling out a different direction and <clears throat> I just thought like you told me <clears throat> you know go out and catalog well she seemed like a really interesting uh, phenomenon and uh, I just thought 
wouldn't it be great if we could, uh, you know, kind of, kind of catalog, just like you told me? Yeah, but Merlin says, I, I was talking about shadows, ghost. I, I wasn't talking about people. Anyways, what's done is done. Um, I have to apologize. Sometime ghosts, he's got a mind of his own. He kind of has exceeded his programming. And, you know, it's, it's a kind of big adventure. I mean, what can I say? All right. Well, I'm duly impressed that he managed to pick up a process of amber. Uh huh. That's kind of what I was both hoping you'd say and hoping that you wouldn't say. You are an amberite? You know, scion of the pattern, that kind of thing, master of the universe, that sort of kind of vibe? This is where it gets complicated. I am an amberite, but I have... Pattern that I walked was... Complete somehow, so I'm not allegedly an amberite in the way that you are imagining, uh, as in rip this whole place apart, sort of amberite. Okay, was that a threat? Was that just some because no, I've just dealt with a lot of my relatives that I hadn't really dealt with in a very long time. And that just seems like the sort of thing that they would do. And it seems like the sort of thing that I would should say that I wouldn't do, even though that does, in fact, sound suspicious now that I say it loud. Yeah, kind of in retrospect, it's a little threatening. You know what I mean? But I, I have to say that, you know, my um, side of the family has got kind of similar proclivities. And that's kind of why I'm, uh, you know, just kind of. Hanging out, just hoping that they're not going to notice. Okay, and so Ghost, you did this, and it wasn't Sorrel, right? Like Sorrel, did you did you do, do do you know me? Do you know about me? That type of thing. Do you know about Ghost? I don't think I've ever heard the name before. But again, my memories prior to this week are not to be trusted. You don't understand how uncomfortable that makes me feel. You do not understand how uncomfortable I am knowing this. Well, at least we're both in the same kind of company. Do you want to celebrate now? Sure. All right. Well, here, Mouton Rothschild 1896 or whatever it is. Here, have some. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he uh, kind of gestures, swirls it around a little bit, and then he downs, a, you know, a pretty hefty sip. Um, you do get the sense that he is um, trying to show you that it is not poisoned or anything like that. It's a gesture of, uh, you can trust me, that sort of thing. A Sorrel will take it in good faith and join him in a toast. It is lovely. It is really quite good. Okay. So... As fascinating as all this is, what do we, uh, what do we do next? I mean, it is a very good question. I need to do 
first and foremost is to find my brother and my cousins and return to the very important task that we were given. But, but I'm not certain how to go about that. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up, back up. Task that you were given, qualifier being very important. But before you tell me what the task was, who gave the task to you? That's almost more fascinating than the question itself, wouldn't you say? Hmm. Agree. Now, task was given as like specifically from Fiona by way of Dworkin. Almost, I think they both want us to accomplish the same thing, but for very different outcomes. He kind of sits back in his chair a little bit. You can see that his frame gets a little bit tense. Um, by Dworkin, you mean Master Berryman of House Berryman? Sort of... And our grandfather, yes. Our being my cousins and myself, of course. Okay. Very interesting. Have you met Dworkin? And he was the person who is telling you to do stuff? <laughs> well, Pettis retrieve Jewel for him, except that we uh, had it snuck out from under, it, under us at the last minute, and now we've got to retrieve it. You know what? You are not at all what I expect out of an Amberite. What I have come to understand is that they're all untrusting, conniving, scheming, Machiavellian sons of bitches. And sorry, present company excluded, because you're clearly not like that. I am just really surprised that you are freely offering all this information and you're just like, oh yeah, what's uh yeah, there's a jewel and uh yeah, there's Dworkin. I I, I mean I not that I've really met very many of you, but I have just heard that, you know, they're a little bit more guarded, a little bit more strategic, let's say, when it comes to divulging information. And you seem to be very accommodating. And and I, 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 I just, I'm not really sure how to, to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? I was expecting, you know, we had to do a little quid pro quo kind of dance. You know, you tell me a little bit, I tell you a little bit and until we kind of, you know, get at it. But you're just like offering me all the details. What's your agenda? Still there, Leah? <laughs> I think we lost her. Did we lose her? Oh no, I thought she was thinking very hard. Leia, are you still there? Issues hang on. We're <laughs> <laughs> still leave Merlin hanging. <laughs> well, while we wait, why don't we switch the scene? So, Cassandra. Yes. Astrid. You, Tycho, Sigrun, 
sort of supporting each other in quite a bit of pain, whether it is the pain of sort of psychic struggle, physical damage, um, even just the strangeness of everything that has happened, you find yourself in this alcove, this cavern space, and at the center of it is this casket. And what you remember from last time, you know, just before we broke off, you saw an individual inside the casket, a powerfully built yet older man, a warrior, maybe even a king. And a couple of things that you notice that are immediately, let's say, visible or, or, or noticeable. His right eye is covered with an eye patch. His right arm is actually below the, the elbow, is encased in a large gauntlet or metallic um, structured arm that seems to have either, you know, maybe it covers or completely surrounds his other arm. And it is fast fashioned out of a silverish metal. And, um, you know, it, it, it is a very fine kind of arcane make. The other thing is protruding from his right almost just below the rib cage area there is a large very ornate spear pulsing with sort of what you have come to recognize as the energy of the pattern almost twin in its brilliance and radiance to graze one dear yet the blade of this runic weapon seems to be embedded deep into the flesh of this person laying inside this casket. And somehow the blade immersed inside of its side seems to not be toppling over. It's actually kind of held within its position um, in a position kind of straight up. What do you do? So this is the box that we saw glowing at the end of the last session. That's correct. And, uh, and, and I should say very specifically, um, with that, with having stepped to the center of the pattern, having completed effectively the pattern walk. You feel your memories, your knowledge, your recollections at a cellular level almost be restored as if there was some sort of block that has just been cleared away and the cobwebs ripped off of your eyes and you can feel your memories and your identity and your thoughts and and even ideals 
of when you were members of Amberite society, when you lived in Amber itself. Do we recognize this person? It is Oberon, the king, who, based on the best of your knowledge, is the sire of your parents. So our grandfather. Effectively, yes. And he is effectively the person who should be king in Amber. But of course, because no one has been able to find him. Is he alive? You're going to have to look more closely. Well, then I go up and I look. You can definitely see his breath and his chest rise slowly up and then fall back down. There is a faint frost-like mist that exhales from his nostrils and coats in sort of spiralish patterns onto the glass of the casket, which is open, by the way. And then you see Sigrun begin to move. Towards him? I am watching her like a hawk. And what are you doing, Sigrun? <laughs> Wait, are you going to play Sigrun? What are you doing? So even as you begin to kind of focus in your senses and your your spidey sense, your warning, whatever, it kind of flares open. She is about to do something. Cassandra, what do you do? So I feel she's about to do something? Uh-huh. Like the two Oberon. You're not sure? Like, she has just begun moving, and in fact, she stretches out her hand. Okay. And you power word, sleep. <clears throat> okay. That yeah. power word, it's sort of, there's something about this place, and you know that the power word is just the channeling of either psychic or magical energy. Yeah. When compared to the potency of the pattern, it is infinitesimal. And so, although you can see that there was, there is an effect in, in, it's almost like her eyes roll back for a second and then she begins to topple forward, both hands outstretched. And then, um, yeah, what do you do then? Was she holding Gracewind Deer? She is. And in fact, it is in her left hand. And you can see that this golden aura of, of energy is flowing up and down and it is pulsing and vibrating almost with the same frequency that pulses within this chamber itself, the entire area. And you can feel this thrum deep within yourselves. In fact, it has a resonance that you can immediately relate to and feel. So, Cassandra your mother's amulet. Mm -hmm. It pulses with that same energy, the same frequency that you see that is flowing through Grace One Deer. And you can feel it almost like a heartbeat begin to swell and pulse and give you both light and heat. Can you describe the amulet to us? I see it, you know, those spiral type out, like you've got two pieces of metal spiraled together. Sure. And in the middle, there's like a blue sapphire gem. Okay. All right. So, yeah. And and in fact, the, the spirals, in a way, are a, a, a 
abstract version of the pattern itself. Mm -hmm. You didn't really realize this until this moment, but in this thing, like you can see and you can sense the energies that are coursing through it and it just kind of pulses. Astrid, your staff begins glowing and pulsing with the exact same energy. And you can feel these golden lines of power begin to flow around and down both sides of the staff. And they're moving closer to the emerald gem that sits in the center of the haft. What do you do? The haft of what? What's the haft? The haft of, it's the central portion of your staff. Oh, of the staff. Oh, this is so my staff. Yeah, well, um, maybe not your staff, but Fiona's staff or the, yeah, the staff the that staff she gifted that she to you. Lent me. Yeah. Right. Um, aside from like this obvious sign of power, does it affect the way I feel? Is it? Well, in this place, it is like a focus or a magnifying glass. And even as you kind of try to sense and maybe get get a, a, a better handle on this thing, that kind of twin spirals of energy begin flowing towards the central area where that gem is and you can feel the energy about to kind of envelop the whole thing. Now all of a sudden Sigrun grasps onto this uh, spear and you can feel this pulse and everything is like moving like in slow motion like you are inside a breath inside a heartbeat and you can feel the energy and the life of this place begin to start to flow out and then start to come back in and it's almost like both of you in this moment uh, and you can see Tycho off to the side in his own kind of space as well and you know you're just captured in this moment flowing like creatures trapped slowly in amber what do you do it does feel like we're trapped yeah i'm just trying to get a sense of like what how it's affecting me or how i'm feeling does so do we feel trapped seem to be oh i didn't catch that Karen. yeah do we feel trapped do we feel like we can leave or do we feel like we're trapped here trapped is the or I guess, wrong... does, this, does this energy feel like it's constraining us, it's binding us? It doesn't. In fact, think if you were an insect that is being slowly enveloped in the sap, the the, the sap of amber, okay. right? You would be okay. moving very kind of slowly and. Again, what seems to be happening here is like time is stretching and dilating, right? And it's almost like things are going into um, like slow motion, but you can think faster than you can move. You can think faster than you can react. And your mind, you think, is racing with all this 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 potential, this energy and this idea, but your physical movements seem to be slowed. Like you are... Okay. Yeah. So I think I know what I want to do. Um, Astrid wants to try to reach out to her cousins, but psychically, and say, I think we should wake him up. 
which cousins specifically? Um, how do you engage? One, I would the, choose Cassandra because I feel like she might feel me, she might feel me pressing and, and, and hear my message. Okay. That connection, mm-hmm. your minds are actually kind of connected in this space and flowing. And again, remember I, how I said your thought seems to be faster than your yeah. bodily reaction. Yeah. And so, yeah, you guys, like you make a connection. What do you say? Okay, what do you so talk? I want to... Okay, so Sigrun has grabbed the spear as though she's about to pull it out of Oberon. You're not 100% sure. Like, I, again, everything is moving so slowly. Okay. Yet your, I mean, your your thoughts are kind of racing. Like, you're really not sure. But one of the things that you both feel right now is that you kind of feel like just the moment before a race gun goes off when the athletes are in their poised position and their muscles are about to spring forward this moment in time this moment in space is about to be released okay so i want knowing that oberon was a very strong person Uh and he can probably defend himself and he seems to be alive i want to do a psychic link with him and I want to essentially wake him up by having him realize that there's danger. I don't want Sigrun to get those spear. Okay. Your thought, your energy, your psyche, along and bolstered and supported by Astrid, flows and connects with Oberon. And in that moment, you can see his one eye pop open. You know, and dilate with this huge realization. And then all of a sudden, everything in front of you seems to shift almost to a red state. Like you're seeing through this ruby lens now, and everything is actually kind of turned red. And as, you know, his eye kind of opens and connects, and you can feel that direct connection with him, even though it is wordless and not specifically saying anything, you can feel his being and his consciousness and psyche begin to wake up. And then all of a sudden, Sigrun rips the spear out of the the the, the, the mm-hmm. area and then you can feel the beginning of blood beginning to pulse and to flow within that almost like you know in slow motion about to kind of be released and break the dam now um um astrid something yep. else happens in this moment and you get a flashback and it actually multiplies several times. And it's almost like it's the same message in the same moment, although interpreted differently, it still conveys the same thing. And you remember the Fiona simulacrum that was constructed of blood. You have another superimposed image of Fiona herself gifting the the staff to you with that emerald gem, saying that, you know, you owe her a favor in exchange for this gift. And then coalescing into this very moment the emerald gem pulses and you can feel like the psychic presence and cassandra you feel it as well Mm -hmm. your mother's presence kind of saying to astrid you astrid 
must take the hand of Oberon, guard it, and decide to whom it should be granted. You alone will determine who is most worthy to wield this potent artifact. Fulfill your bargain. Well, obviously I'm going to do that. I'm going to reach for the spear. Okay. You reach for the spear and then you realize that Sigrun is actually tensing almost like there is an electric shock that is flowing through her body. And that, you know, there's almost like these static electricity that are kind of flowing and, and, and actually building up from all sides around her. And one is going over Grey's one deer, which she has held in her left hand. And the other is in this other spear, which she has held in her right hand. And you can feel her body begin to arc almost like there is like this torrent of electrical energy just coursing through her. And Astrid you worry, even as you reach forward, that if you touch this, you may also have this energy transfer to you. Do you still go ahead? Um, sorry. So whatever is binding her, I'm afraid it's going to transfer to me. You see electricity flow through her like a live wire. And, and via so is this it kind of painful? like when when she when Cor, she and Corwin were fighting over Grey's one deer? Or is it different? There's Ooh. an element of that. Okay. There's an element of that. Almost like there is a element of possession and attunement that happened with Grey's one deer and her. Yeah. And there was almost this sort of counter version happening mm-hmm. from Corwin. And for whatever reason, you don't know why, she won that right. challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. If I can do all of this. Um, if I can't, let me know. I am going to change my outfit back to that, like, Napoleon naval suit that irked Sigrun so much. Okay. I'm going to say a power word. I'm going to say to myself, beast mode, and I'm going to reach for the spear. The spear. Okay. Um... You feel the power kind of uh, course through your body and it just kind of, you know, it, it gathers and it gives you that additional strength. In that moment, Cassandra as well, what do you do? You also hear your mother's voice. So my mother wants Astrid. I have no idea what she's talking about with the deal because Astrid never told us. But um... yeah. <laughs> well, hand of Oberon, there is this kind of silver armored gauntlet hand thing that is, you know, basically attached to his wrist. It's definitely there. And you can see it beginning to actually clench um, and, and actually kind of move a little bit as, you know, Oberon's kind of eyes flickers oh, open. Is Fiona talking oh. about the arm then? Not, not the I spear, thought she was talking arm. about the spear. I would have reached for the arm then. Okay. Yeah, I thought, I thought we were talking about the spear too. All right. So it sounds like you're reaching for the arm. And what are you doing? Yeah. I am going to, um, well, I don't think Sigrun should get the spear. So if, if Sigrun is having a fight for the spear, like it, she's got that pattern energy, 
I want to provide the pattern energy from my, um, from my amulet. Uh -huh. I, I want to focus it towards the spear so that it strengthens its rejection of her. So oh. she has to drop it. Okay. As you reach for that energy and you begin to kind of pulse, you see shafts of moonlight begin to break through the ceiling. And then you can see everywhere that the shaft of, of, of moonlight, and it's sporadic mm -hmm. right now, kind of coming almost yeah. like web-like through this, right. where it touches on the ground that you stand, the ground begins to actually tremble and fall away. Everywhere that the light touches seems to become transparent. And it's almost like there's large, um, you know, parts of the ground that are beginning to kind of disappear. And you can see below you that there is sort of like clouds and you can see far 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 below you can see the landscape and you remember where you are yeah. you're in Tirnanok right right and they talked about if dawn came then you know maybe okay, the whole thing the goes away. We're the center of the pattern right? You seem to be that's correct. Okay I'm going to grab hold of Astrid grab hold of Oberon and I am going to think of Fiona's place, and I'm going to move us there. Okay. Astrid, you managed to kind of grab onto this silver gauntlet, this kind of extension, this arm. It feels cold, yet potent and powerful, and it seems to just kind of, you know, uh, flow with energy along it, and that is kind of connected to Oberon's kind of, you know, body and kind of spirit. You have that in your hand. You feel Cassandra start to do something with, with her mind, and you can feel the potential and power of this moment all gathering, and it is like lightning and power just flowing through your entire system. It is so intense. It is so powerful. And then you see, again, the bits of moonlight begin to strike at the ground, and it is starting to actually fall away. And if I can grab Tycho too, I will. Okay. So you're kind of reaching out? Yeah. Um, all right. Astrid, I need to know what you are going to do with um, the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the gauntlet. And may I also remind both of you that there is also an eye patch on Lord Oberon. Well, I wanted to grab Oberon too. Okay, so you're actually trying Oberon, to not, yeah. uh, grab yeah. Oberon himself. Okay, that's fine. Okay, um, so Astrid, back to you. What are you doing? So what? I'm taking the gauntlet and I will, I will allow whatever... Cassandra's doing to, to do its thing. I'm okay. not going to fight it. Somehow, the gauntlet seems to almost just... For a second, there's a little bit of tension as you're kind of pulling it off of the arm area, and then you realize as soon as you actually pull it off, it just slides very naturally into your grasp, and you notice that his arm is severed like uh like an amputation oh. at the sort of um at, at, at the at the elbow area and there's just a nub so whatever was connecting the 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 this 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 hand this arm to Oberon was it, it's not a gauntlet it's actually a solid piece of metal that seems to kind of actually flow over this other area but you grab it and in fact not quite expecting to you know not have that that kind of momentum and resistance you pull it open and it 
it falls into your body and there's this flash of green light. Cassandra, you kind of gathered around. And then I, I will say one more thing. You see Sigrun all of a sudden cry out with struggle and pain. And she says, Forgive me, grandfather. I'm too young for you to die. Hold the pattern and dream anew. And she slams Grace One Deer into Oberon's body and it penetrates deep. She rips the spear out and then she disappears. I didn't split the party. <laughs> uh, nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> now, what you do know, and you feel this with truth and power, and every ounce of your being understands that to walk to the center of the pattern allows you to tr- be transported, or you can request that the, the pattern take you to whatever place you desire. Right. And I said I wanted to go. To, I wanted to take Astrid Oberon and Tycho with me to Fiona's Okay, so you say Fiona. What do you say, Astrid? You have the capability here to determine where you want to go. What do you do? Where do you wish to travel? Uh, Or will you be... Will you allow Cassandra to determine your course of action? I will for right now... You know what I'll do? This might be a very bad idea. What are you doing? Um, I'll go back to where Corwin is. Okay. The castle. castle. Oh, you're talking about Corwin's keep, right? Wherever he was. Yeah, yeah, that's where he was, right? Well, yeah, okay. So, like so, we so this, to be specific. We had a trump card. We had a trump card of this place where we started. That is correct. That is that is Corwin's prison but he wasn't tower he yeah well we don't know where he is yeah you don't know where he is okay so that's right because gideon took him where are you going astrid now Uh, the whole building like you can see that you know that the ceiling itself is starting to actually become um like um uh ethereal right it's actually kind of melding and almost becoming like you know insubstantial and then you can see these little bits of kind of um you know like the ceiling just kind of collapse throughout the the area and then further with every release of light even more kind of comes in and then you know that the ground is beginning to break entirely okay so where are you going yeah, I'm going to go with Cassandra, but I'm choosing this of my own free will. She is not the boss of me. All right. <laughs> Could you Does also Tycho repeat to what Sigrun had said when she stabbed Oberon? She specifically said, forgive me, grandfather. I'm too young for you to die. Hold the pattern and dream anew. Hold the pattern and dream anew. And Thank you... you Feel yourself transported, space, time, dream, and potential folds all around you. And then, nothingness. Should have gone back to my dragon. Just kidding. So we're in nothingness now? Sorrel. Okay, cool. We're in nothingness? Leah, you back? I don't think she's she's not on the call. She oh, said no. in the chat that she's having internet or technical diff- difficulties. All right. 
Yeah, she says, if I disappear again, assume technical difficulties. Oh, man. That means it's just you and me, Katie. <laughs> All right. Dragon Tycho and... Yeah, is Tycho, did I, did, is Tycho with us? I was... And Oberon? Tell me exactly, Cassandra, where you pictured and held in your mind when you said go to Fiona. I was thinking where the Norns were. Okay. You appear and you kind of stumble and almost like roll into the area. And the Norns kind of, you know, kind of turn around and almost seem to be a little bit caught off guard by what has just happened here. And they look at you and say, Princess Cassandra? Yes. We weren't expecting you, but um, welcome. Is my mother here? She is. I believe she is in her studies and in her meditation. She asked to not be disturbed while she was engaging in her research. But Can you, you bring are... us some food and refreshment? We I didn't very... say you were there. Oh, it's just me. is it just me? It is just you. Oh, it's just... Oh, okay. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Alpha's splitting the party. Okay, I will go see my mother. Did... What? I thought Astrid and Tycho were coming, and Oberon were coming with me. You don't see Astrid. Uh, you, you don't see Astrid. You don't see Tycho, and you most certainly don't see Oberon. But your amulet pulses with power and potential. Okay, can I use that amulet to see if I can sense where everyone went? You reach out and remind me. Your amulet, did you choose? It's supposed to have trump. Pattern. Yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah. That, that, that's what yeah. I thought. Okay. Yeah, and, and almost like the different facets of the gem, they reflect sort of different images. And you kind of flip through them a little bit, almost like, you know, you could be doing a reading on, on the trump. But mm-hmm. again, you know, this is very new to you, even yeah. though you can kind of feel its power. And you see basically different manifestations or different images of Astrid. Okay. Tell me what some of these manifestations are, how they appear, and how do they describe Astrid? Okay, so there's going to be a manifestation of Astrid where she's like all powerful. She she beats Tycho all the time in all battles. She's very fluid. So she's like in her dojo outfit mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's going to be Astrid dejected after the last battle in the with Tycho. Right. And sort then, of injured. <laughs> yeah, injured, and, and, yeah. Right, like kind of broken <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and um, how, oh. many, how many images do I need to come uh, up with? Give me one more. Um... And then there's Astrid, who is not in her dojo outfit, but she's just like meditating. Sort of centered? Yes, centered and meditating. Okay. Do you have a sense of where she is 
in that place, in that place of meditation? You're not sure. So it's no. more just the image yeah, of herself. Her, You're not yeah. specifically aware of what the surrounding in that area is. No. Astrid, you feel yourself <clears throat> plunge into fetid swamp water. It is filled with foul-smelling scum that your inopportune arrival into this darkened place disturbs what probably shouldn't be disturbed. And the scum on the pond and the algae broken now by the motion and the 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 displacement of your form in the water only serves to disturb the algae and the scum on top and releases these wasps of decomposition and decay. You feel something slimy and eel-like flow past your leg as your foot sinks deep into cold and unyielding mud. You are drenched. You hold in your hand the hand of Oberon, and itself seems to almost shine in this place and be untouched by the decay around you. Your staff also seems to have certain repellent qualities to it, where the power that is embedded within its carvings and the jewel seem to pulse and to resonate and almost refract and reflect all of the ugliness around you. But you yourself are submerged in this miasma. What do you do? When you say swamp, am I like standing kind of like in the mud? Can I get to some higher ground? You push Can off I move through it and just try to get somewhere where I feel more stable. Well, you can as you do that, but you realize that your staff gives you the only kind of uh, stable kind of platform in this area and you're able to kind of hold on to it. And it's a good thing too, because that's the only thing that's preventing you from sinking even deeper into this mire. And you feel your boot like pulled underneath. And again, you release this swirl of brownish green liquid that kind of emerges to the top. Something again flows against you, the side of your leg and you even go even further. You're now almost chest height into this like swamp uh, miasma. And, and again, you're able to hold on to the staff and that gives you a point of, 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 um, uh, fulcrum and balance and stability in what is otherwise a completely fluid situation. What do you do? Okay. Um, I. What do I see around me? Do I see anybody? There is something that 
you think could be a body. It's a large... Like a like a dead body, a floating body, uh, an alive and breathing and watching you body. <laughs> it is a extremely large form of some ancient giant whose form mm. is beginning to bubble with the putrescent gases that are actually inflating the flesh that is on the surface. Does this, the shape of this giant remind me of the giant that was toppled in our previous battle? Not as big. Okay. And that giant seemed to be fashioned from frosted ice, where this is more akin to something that is more at home with the earth. Or at least the swamp. Everywhere around you, there are midges and clouds of insects that kind of buzz all around you. And you can feel them kind of sting and prick at your skin. And the heat and the humidity of this place is oppressive. And even your ability to kind of wave it away only gives you like a microsecond of relief. And... The water itself is unnaturally warm, so it doesn't really help with your relief at all. Am I able to do some source? Like, am I stable enough to do some sorcery just to try to figure out where I am? If you hold on to the staff, and you know the staff does provide that sense of stability, you could potentially anchor around that, firm it up, and maybe use it as a point of uh, fulcrum. Fulcrum. Uh, yeah, I just want to see if I can figure out like where I am or when I am. And, and I would have known, would I have known, so I knew Astrid would know that from the pattern you can go anywhere. That's correct. And you asked to be taken to Fiona. To what? You asked to be to go where Cassandra was going, but you were going to do this in your own way, damn it. <laughs> ah, so it's your own fault, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the sorceress energy flows in your hand, and you feel that unrealized potential. Oh my gosh. Didn't Cassandra land in a swamp and have to, like, trek through the swamp to her mom's house? Mm-hmm. All right. What, if if I can get all this information from the um, Jesus bastard's dumb sometimes. Um, if I can get this information from like my sorcery and just try to figure out which direction to head in, I'm going to very slowly start trudging and also tap into the staff because it would have a connection with Fiona. And I'm going to start walking towards Fiona's. Okay, and. The sorcery, bolstered by the green light of the gem, seems to almost strengthen it. And flowing off into the darkness of this tunnel, this swamp-like area, is a willow of a wisp of sort of a greenish energy, which fades in, but you're able to kind of follow it like a spirit deeper into this tunnel. Okay, I go cautiously and, you know... With my wits about me. Cassandra. Mm Mm-hmm. You are in a waiting chamber. Okay. 
you see reflected in the different casts of your amulet. Mm -hmm. You can see these different readings. Okay. And you know that Astrid is nearby. Okay. In fact, you know exactly where she is. Okay. She's in the area of the Norn Queen, let's say the side entrance or the rear entrance that you My want. My favorite entrance, your, yes. Your favorite entrance. And you can sense her gathering her will, and there is a spell that she cast that is leading towards your area. You could probably reach out and make contact with that spell and that energy if you wanted to. Nah, let her figure it out. Where's Tycho? <laughs> Tell me, you shift the amulet again. And almost like a roulette wheel, it seems to kind of spin or at least the facet shift. Tell me three images of Tycho that you see. I have an image of Tycho as a young boy who is in the shadow of his sister, Sorrel. Mm -hmm. I have an image of Tycho who is desperately trying to beat his cousin, Astrid. And I have an image of Tycho with his newfound strength and uh, when he finally beats Astrid. Is any one of these images predominant? I think the most recent. And in fact, because of your thoughts of Astrid and Tycho, they kind of merge into this instant. Mm -hmm. You see that image and that resonance of Tycho essentially victorious over Astrid. And it doesn't surprise you that the next mirror image, you can see Astrid trudging along, dejected, hobbling almost, pulling herself along this horrible place. Okay. And you can see her hand look with disgust as she realizes she needs to go past the giant flesh. And you can see the maggots begin to spew out from that entry and just begin to flow all over her her hand and Astrid in this moment you are in this place and the only way past and the light seems to have gone through it's through this body this decaying corpse okay can I contact her and pull her through how well through the, through the amulet because you said it's Trump so I should be able to I picture her image I picture her where she is and I open a door to her mind, and I say, come. Astrid, you get a faint pulse. Even as you begin to immerse your hand into this flesh barrier and flowing out of that wound that has begun to seep open like an open sore, is a myriad of different maggots and slugs and all sorts of crawling creatures. And as your hand disappears further into the, this depth, you have a tingling in the back of your mind, similar to a Trump contact. Insistent, it rings 
and pulses in your mind. What do you do? I hope it's not Gideon. I answer. Cassandra. Astrid, come through. Grab my hand. Oh, I'm going to grab that hand. (laughs) These maggots are gross. Okay. (laughs) You feel her slime-encrusted, maggot-infested hand grasp onto yours through the contact. And I pull her through. Okay. (laughs) Hey, do I feel where Tycho is? Or I can't feel him? You don't. I don't feel Tycho. Okay. All right, Astrid, you got a little bit of a shortcut, and you stand in the middle of a waiting room, and you remember being here before. Sort of that kind of waiting area where Fiona actually greeted all of you. Cassandra seems to be quite well put together, although she, you know, you would need to wipe your hand off a little bit of this. Yeah. And And I'm like, I look at Astrid like disgustingly and I say, you need to clean yourself up. And a servant (laughs) kind of comes by Astrid and kind of raises his eyebrow at you and definitely sticks his nose like right up in the air. (laughs) And he's like... Yes. Do you require anything, miss? You understand that you are in the domains of the Norn Queen, and it is expected that you present yourself with decorum and propriety. And I do say that you currently possess neither Princess. Under her breath, Astrid mutters, whose backyard is a swamp? And she says, yes, I require a hot bath, please. Princess and Cassandra, and food. do you take responsibility for this creature? She is a princess of amber, so yes. You could have you fooled me. You need to treat her with respect. If she were a true princess of amber then she would understand etiquette and propriety and she would not come into the demeans of the norn queen without being suitably presentable well we're just learning our powers and she did not know that she would end up in the swamp this is not my problem can you assist her with clothing and a bath you will stay there <laughs> We will bring such things that will restore you to a sense of decency. But go no further. Do not sully the grounds that we have worked so hard to keep clean. Disgusting. And he kind of disappears. Okay. The two of you find yourselves in this waiting room. (laughs) And... You know, Astrid, you are just dripping all sorts of mud and slime. And like there are three kind of slugs that drop to the ground and they kind of splatter. One actually starts to shake and coming out of its form is like like a like a, the pupa of a worm that's turning into some sort of moth or something. That's gross. Okay. <laughs> I'm focused on the I'm focused on the gauntlet. Like I'm looking at it. I'm turning it around. That's what I'm doing. So Astrid, I'm ignoring the gross things dripping off of me. 
Astrid, what's this deal you made with my mother? Well, oh, deal putting it a bit strongly. I she lent me a staff, and I said that I would do her a favor. And what was And the have favor? you delivered on this, Princess Astrid? You are disgusting, by the way. <laughs> Did you? Uh, apologies, Aunt. I seem to have missed is the front the door and Fiona? come in this the back Fiona. way. Oh, this is Fiona. <laughs> is it really that bad out there? Did it's you come here by unpleasant. way of the Black Road? Did you ignore my counsel that that path? would always lead to the most treacherous, most difficult, most uninviting mode of travel? Apologies, Aunt, I am still learning. But yes, I have accomplished part of the task you have. You have a gift. And I search for the one who would take up this gauntlet. She sighs and snaps her fingers and poof, all of a sudden you are clean. You are <laughs> restored and refreshed and My you are more presentable. With a special <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And definitely within your hand, you, uh, I mean, in the one hand, there is uh, the hand of Oberon. In the other hand, there is your staff. Or rather, the staff that she gifted to you. Well, ladies, I thought you were seeking Amber. We will go there, eventually. We walked the pattern. We're not in the best condition. You seem... Are we all healed now? Effectively, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, we weren't in the best of conditions. It is never an easy trial. Where are your cousins? In the center of the pattern, we found Oberon in a casket. That's where we got the hand of Oberon. That makes sense. I try and... Before I could get us out of there... I tried. Sigrun grabbed a spear out of his side. Her eyebrow shoots to the roof. And and she's not an expressive person. No. And it was a pattern-infused spear, so I don't know. Would I know what spear it is? You think it is my father's weapon? Describe it to me. I describe it. That would be Gungnir. Gungnir? Okay, so somebody stabbed Oberon with his own spear. And Was then... there any blood? Did Oberon's life force spill anywhere onto the pattern? I don't think it had yet. Yet. When Sigrun pulled don't out the spear, everything. Any blood. Yeah, when when Ober- when Sigrun pulled out the spear, there was blood that was starting to come out. But because everything was really slow, it hadn't come out and spilled on the pattern yet. That is and the effect of the jewel of judgment. Were you in its presence? I don't know. I did not see the jewel. Did not see the jewel. 
Unless it certainly was, it was not in Oberon's eye. Yeah, Oberon had a patch over his eye, but we didn't lift up the patch. And I tried to bring she Oberon... She kind of sighs with exasperation. I tried to bring Oberon with me, but he didn't arrive. And I tried to bring Tycho with me. You were within the grasp of the Jewel of Judgment and you did not think to bring it with you? I didn't see it. I didn't know it was there. How was I supposed to know that's what the, 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 what the Jewel of Judgment did? I've never even seen the Jewel of Judgment. You told me that you faced it with this serpent. I that- didn't. My other cousins did. And I wasn't there. Where are your other cousins now? Well, Astrid's here. Seagroom disappeared with the spear, and then Tycho, I don't know. What? She disappeared with the spear. How could you let this happen? Uh, Mother. It it happened. We did our best. It happened fast but slowly. (laughs) (sighs) We are young. We don't know what we're doing. And whose fault is that too, right? Yeah, we have just come back into our power because we just walked the pattern and you expect us to know everything? How were we supposed to know that? Like, you're the one who put me in prison for years. I have apologized for this. Well, then don't expect me to know absolutely everything. Do you recall... Your life before the incident. Do you remember Amber? Yes. Her shoulders seem to drop a little bit, almost with relief. And she wipes her eye almost as if she is fatigued and tired. Forgive me. These are difficult and trying times. And... It is true. You would not know better. It is frustrating that you could not recover either my father or the jewel. So when Sigrun... Oh, after she stole the the spear or took the spear out of Oberon, Sigrun stabbed her with Grey's... stabbed him with Grey's Wandir and said... Forgive me, Father, I am too young for you to die. Hold the pattern and dream anew. Do you know what that means and why she would have said that? I... Tell me about the spear. Was it held within his body? Yes, it was straight up into his his side. It was the right side. His weapon, as are all weapons... As are all items, and she gestures to your amulet, gestures to your staff, that are brought through the pattern. They become imbued and take on their qualities. And since Oberon is ultimately connected with the pattern, it would take another similar weapon or artifact to be able to act in the same manner. However, his spear was driven into his body. It was both to wound, but also to seal, to ensure that the blood would not leak. For it is said 
that should the blood of an amberite leak onto the pattern, it could erase the pattern indeed. Well, I don't think it leaked. Well, I don't know if I got Oberon out. You tried to bring him Yes. He would be here if you had succeeded. He was awake, though. He was awake or just alive? He, he, He had opened his eye. Oh, right. And Sigrun put Grace One Deer back in his body? Did, did she leave Grace One Deer in his body? You think so. Before you saw her disappear, as she was saying those words, she plunged Grace One Deer into Oberon's body. Was it in the same places where the spear was? You. It all happened too quickly. Okay. You surmise that quite possibly, yes. Okay. But she clearly yes, she left. left with the spear yes. and not the sword. Okay, so she it, she left the sword in Oberon's body. But left with the spear. Well, at least that is a relief. Okay. But I have no idea where she went. If you seek her, in shadow with your new attunement to the pattern, you should be able to find her unless she takes appropriate steps to not be found or there are other factors that would intervene in this case. Well, I think we should find Tycho first. Why are the two of you... I could send the dragon after to search for Sigrun. Dragon? Or shadow dragon. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, just one of my assistants, if you will. Mm. Well, you now have the power to seek whatever you desire in shadow. But remember, the black road has become a dark reflection, and all things in shadow tend to be corrupted or polluted by its presence. And so... What once may have been a simpler thing to seek the shadow of your desire is now complicated by this additional, shall we say, presence. Why did the two of you both come here? Well, since I heard your voice in Astrid's head, and I figured that since you had some kind of deal with her, that and we were not in the best of conditions after our pattern walk mm. that this might be the safest place to come you aunt have proven yourself to be of all of the relatives we have met perhaps the most trustworthy she smiles wryly and you say that you have recovered your memories yes interesting And we know that as all Amberites, you are not trustworthy, but. But your cousin seems to think that I am the most trustworthy. (laughs) But the the most trustworthy doesn't mean that you're trustworthy. Well, maybe, Astrid, there's a reason why you emerged through the back door and not through the front. You might want to take this as a lesson into of itself. So seem to be collecting lessons these days. <laughs> I see you have retrieved the hand of Oberon. 
I'm yes, assuming I that you are new to its presence and still will need to determine who will be worthy. I cannot... I, made, I would like to meditate and, and dwell on this task. I think you will have to do more than just meditate, my dear. Do you have a suggestion, Anne, since you're so full of teaching today? Meditation, like philosophy, is an exercise in mental gymnastics. It holds intent and direction, but ultimately is not the same as action and experience. So I would say... If you feel you must meditate, then by all means do so. But do not feel that through meditation alone that you will find your answers. And that is my wisdom for today, niece. Very well. I think I understand. If you don't, you will. So, Mother, while... Astrid is meditating to determine, help her decide who to take this arm to, or hand of Oberon. Perhaps you can teach me a little bit about creating Trump, or manipulating Trump. What would you like to Astrid know? Astrid also knows what she's going to do um, when we finish this. She knows how, what she's going to do with the gauntlet. Okay. What would you like to know? So, um... If this is taking some time, I'm going to show her what I know. So I can make these temporary sketches, mm -hmm. but I'd like to make them more permanent. So Shows like promise. And what are your observations in relation to the amulet that I gave you? Does this help you in any way center and find the connection to your art? Let me try that. So I concentrate on the amulet mm -hmm. and I try to take the power from the amulet and I start drawing. And does it change anything? You feel more solidity okay. to the image that you are tracing. Okay. The problem is that the amulet seems to split into multiple images and multiple facets. So I'm seeing multiple instead of... So I have to focus on one of them. She, she nods. Okay. You have the gift and are empowered through this amulet to see different facets that are tied to one's image. But a trump in itself creates the true connection between image and reality. So if you feel and your art directs you to perceive multiple images, you must find a way to reconcile them all with their true essence. Okay. If you can connect with that yeah. and you can recreate this, so I'm going to practice that. So I want to concentrate on the three images I had of Tycho uh -huh. and kind of try and merge the three together to make them one and then draw an image of Tycho so I can try and contact him. Okay. So what I'm going to say is that 
That's going to take a little bit yeah. of time. Yeah. Okay. And so Astrid, you also said there were things that you knew what you were going to do. So uh, talk to me about that. Tell me about it. All right. I think Astrid knows what she should have done in that moment when she could have gone anywhere from the pattern. Um, rather than, rather than try to determine. So, so, so Fiona said meditation is just about thinking, but you're, you're going to have to act. So I think what Astrid will do is she, she wants to search through shadow and she's looking, she doesn't know who it is, but she's going to kind of let the gauntlet be the guide and say, like, I'm searching for the person who is worthy. So are you going to leave Fiona's shadow? I will leave Fiona's shadow if I have to, to do this. Yeah. Do you let Cassandra know that you're leaving? No. Okay. Cassandra's busy. I don't know where she is. <laughs> well, I'll, like, I'll leave a note. I'll tell, I'll tell one of the servants. Okay, Sure. <laughs> Hopefully not that. Uh... No, it is the other. And he's like, well, at least you have improved your situation. I shall ensure that the Princess Cassandra is informed of your decision. And he still sniffs. <laughs> Will you be away for long? Hard to say. Good. Better keep a bath ready for me. I would suggest... That when you arrive the next time, just be proper. Come through the front door. <laughs> Come through the front door. There is no need to wallow in filth. Thank you. Astrid says through gritted teeth. <laughs> and he just walks away. He doesn't even say you're welcome or anything. He's like quite eager to shut the door on you. Yep. Yep. Good and good. yeah. And in fact, what happens is that the door to this area kind of closes and then the whole frame of the, of the mansion, if you will, just kind of disappears. And now you are in this kind of, well, you tell me, where are you? And so the frame of the house disappears. Mm -hmm. I imagine that the ground that I'm standing on still kind of looks like the ground of the room that I was in. But then all around me is, it's not like pitch black. It's like shadowy black. Like if you were in the forest at night mm -hmm. and, you know, you, you, you see shapes, but you can't see things super clearly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it feels. Yeah. In fact, that forest does kind of, you know, lend a little bit more solidity and it, it does become a focal point away from this kind of point where you happen to be located. And, you know, within the mist that surrounds this area, you don't really see anything of the mansion itself. And it's almost like its presence has been erased from this, especially if you step away. Do you leave yeah. the area that uh, you are? And, and if so, where do you head towards? How are I still you? have the staff. Okay. And I think that, and I'll use sorcery if, if this requires it. 
but I'm just kind of concentrating on the gauntlet and where it wants to go. And I feel kind of silly saying that, but, but I feel like I need to get this to someone. And I think the gauntlet's going to make the choice more than I am. I'm more of a messenger than a chooser. That's how Astrid feels. So she's kind of putting her intention into this object and hoping it will guide, guide her. And, um, how are you stowing or uh, I, I guess like, are you holding the, the gauntlet? Are you putting it away? Like, how do you kind of keep it? And I mean, it's not like you're very strong and you could probably carry this thing forever, but you know, it, it is, solid metal. it's a solid metal object. Right. And, and, you know, it could be better just, you know, you put it in a bag or something or, or strap it to your side or whatever. Um, or, you know, just keep on, on, um, holding it. The other thing that you could potentially do is even see if you want to try putting it on somehow. Sure does not want to put it on. Okay. Just check um, Not yet. At least. Um, I think at first I would be holding it. And because I'm trying to like find some kind of connection with it. But then I realized that that might be like, it's a pretty flashy thing. So I would want to cover it. So I would, I would wrap it in a, in a scarf or something that I had and, and attach it to my belt. But, but did you carry in. that, that scarf before? Did I? Of course that, I did. You did. Okay. Of course well, I just have a, an adventurer's backpack on my back. All right. right? Well, you kind of reach um, in. And, uh, there, I don't know. no, I, I, I was thinking more like, um, maybe Astrid doesn't have a picture of herself. No, like, so, so I, I'll, uh, atta- I've got some way to like store the staff on my back or some kind of something like, um, a, a brace for it. So I'm, I'm just going to figure out a way to attach the, well, you're in the middle of the wilderness. You're, you're in the middle of a, a shadowy forest. There's definitely right, nothing. I'll take off my shirt and I'll just wear my undershirt and I'll wrap the gauntlet in my shirt. All right. Put my shirt to my belt. It's nothing like yeah, just kind of, you know, jury rigging stuff. <laughs> yep. Especially so for a, a, a cosmological <laughs> artifact. <laughs> well, until she finds something that she can carry so, better. Astrid, beckoning towards you is the the darkening of the forest, and it seems to be the most solidified kind of area, casting shadows every which way, um, and, you know, definitely kind of beckoning um, like a trail kind of before you, um, but it does kind of, you know, dive deeper into kind of shadow, and, uh, you know, there's not a lot of kind of light that penetrates this area. Um, I mean, okay. you have I'll many paths before you. Yep. Okay, you get your staff. I'll take out. I'll get my staff out, and I'll proceed in that direction. Okay. Cassandra. Yes. How long do you spend practicing this art? I want to spend as much time as it needs. I, I want to get a. Trump of Tycho that I can use to actually contact him because I don't know where he is and I'm worried about it. Okay. Now, the servant, Jessup. Jessup? My lady. Yes. Your 
companion, the one who arrived here. Yes, Astrid. Astrid, yes. The so-called Princess Astrid. Princess. Yes, you should be calling her Princess Astrid, yes. If you say so, my lady. She's my cousin. She There's left you this message saying that she will be indisposed and that she... What are your exact words, Astrid? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to complete uh, the task given to me by your mother. I will contact you when I'm done. So, she may be gone for a very long time. Hopefully, quite a long time. You, you know, think- just because she arrived in not the ideal situation does not mean that you need to stick up your nose towards her. She dishonors your mother's house. How can I not be in good conscience? You know, she has protected me. She has been a very good cousin. So you should be respecting her because I may not have been here if she had not been with me. With respect, what I know of you, what I know of your mother, you are hardly the type to require protection from anyone, milady. I think she is a hanger-on. She is a want-to-be who wishes to trail and follow in your footsteps, not able to kind of act of her own will or her own ambition, and she just is riding along your coattails, if I may be so bold. If she was riding along my coattails, as you say, she would not have arrived in the swamp. She would have arrived with me. If you say so. She arrived in the swamp because she chose to go a different direction. Clearly uneducated and uninformed. Nobody is perfect, Jessen. We are just learning. We are young. Of course, milady. Now, is there anything you require for me in the meantime? Refreshments, perhaps? Yes, if you Something could bring... that can make your stay a little bit more productive, perhaps? Yes, if you could uh, get me some refreshments and some food, that would be great. And... Um, if I can have a bath ready in an hour so that I can uh, clean up and uh, feel refreshed and continue with my studies. It here. shall be as you wish. Thank you, Jessen. Okay. So he does exactly that and you're able to kind of, uh, you know, explore a bit further. Okay. Now, the problem you realize is that the creation of a trump mm-hmm. is an artistic endeavor. Right. And it is really about capturing the essence Mm -hmm. of your subject. Right. And without him being there, without you able to actually see and perceive and sense and capture the essence, you don't have enough to go on. Okay. You're going from memory. You're going from your recollection. And, you know, you can see that, you know, it forms lines of power that you trace upon your art, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't coalesce together. And it's almost like there's not enough there for you to be able to... In fact, if you finished it now, you kind of worry that you would create something... That looks like Tycho, but is something, but is certainly not Tycho. So, do you want to do that? No, I'll leave it for now. Um, So I can just have it, like I can keep the image, but it won't be complete, right? Or do I need to destroy it? That's up to you. I'd like to have the image just so that when I do see him again, I can complete it faster. Okay. 
All right. And then can I concentrate? So I really want, I'm really worried about Tycho because I don't know, I don't understand why I can't find him. So I want to concentrate on that, the three images. I want them coalesced again and concentrate on them for, through my amulet and see if I can locate them. Okay. And you're specifically tapping into Trump. Yes. Here. Yes. Okay. Again, it's the same thing, right? Okay. And you realize that the images that you have there they're not they're, specific enough? No, it's not that. They are your projections. Of him. You are him. the one yeah. who actually said, I want this facet mm-hmm. to appear like this. Okay. And you wanted this facet to appear like that, right? And the problem with this is that this is your bias. This is your projection. It's not his true self. It's, yeah. Okay. And, and it's not something... I mean, you could try it. Yeah. If you want to. I mean, right. by all means, you know, let's, let's see what happens. But what your intuition and your training tells you is the the images that you see are filtered through your own thoughts okay. and your own perceptions. Okay. And it is not the same as being able to see, experience, and feel the real thing. Okay. So if I use, so when I use pattern, I can use that to find a person, right? So I can use that image I have of him to locate him through shadow? You concentrate. Yes. And you feel... Like I'll move, I'll leave and move through shadow. Oh, you're actually leaving? Yeah. Okay. If, you, if I can do that, yeah. You can if you yeah. want. Do yeah. you leave a message? Yeah, I, I go see Fiona first and I say, thank you, Mother, for your hospitality. I am worried about my cousin Tycho and I'm going to try and find him, but I will talk to you. Is there anything you need from me or while I'm gone or, or I'll just see you another time? She walks over. And she actually cups your face Mm -hmm. with her hands. Okay. I am glad you are whole. I think I've told you this. I always knew, despite the requirement for us to do what we did, that you would find your way. And you have, of course, proven me right. Yes. I've never been one to worry about you, Cassandra. Thank you. I think you know your own mind, and I think you know your own heart. Yes. And right now that is telling me to find Tycho, because he should have arrived with me. Not if he wished to go somewhere else. True. My experience with walking the pattern is that it empowers the recipient to direct themselves to be transported to a place of their choosing, right. of their specification. Yes. But we, I think we know that the jewel of judgment is with Oberon, so we need to find him again. But to do that, we need to all be together. Do you? Why? Well, because we all have different strengths. She thinks for a second. 
There are times for armies, and there's times where one individual can make all the difference. A spoken word, a written statement whispered in the right ear can do much more than the largest armed host that marches upon the parapets. You are now especially not helpless. True. Do not underestimate your own potential. I am not. Then why be shackled to your cousins? Why must their destiny destiny be intertwined with yours? So you are saying I should go go on a path on my own. You are so much better than them. You are smarter, you are more powerful, you are more ambitious, Cassandra. Tycho barely can form his own thoughts. That's why he needs assistance. He can be my... Pet? Assistant. <laughs> when have he you... can be my bodyguard. That's probably all he's good for. I think he's smarter than you think, Mother. He proved himself in the pattern. Did he now? He did. Well, your path is your own. Yes, and my path is telling me to find Tycho. Whether I stay with Tycho or not depends on where I feel my next path is. But right now, Astrid is on her path. As to, she should be. To find to do what you asked her to do. And my path is to find Tycho and is in and Sorrel. And then I think we need to fight Sigrun. I don't know what's going on with her. She is Deidre's offspring. Does it surprise you at all? Not really. Then you have your answer. So, Tycho, Sorrel, Astrid, I think we will meet with her again, eventually, once she's finished her task. And then we need to find Sigrun to find out what she's up to. We also need to find Gideon to find, up, find out what he's up to. It seems like a lot. It is a lot. And that's why I cannot do it. Well, I probably could do it on my own, but to do it faster, I need to have others. I think you need to prioritize. And what do you think my priority should be? There is one that was with you that did not walk the same path. Did not follow you like sheep. Sorrel? Where is she? I have no idea. You Don't you think that that first? is interesting in of itself? Yes. It Everyone is. else seems to be predictable. Except her. And why is that, daughter? Well, you know that we fought her in the pattern. <laughs> it wasn't really her, but it was, you know. All things really are a reflection yes. of what is true in the universe, my dear. Yes. If it were me... And of course it is not. I think that alone would be intriguing. Well, Sorrel is Tycho's twin, so if I find Sorrel or if I find Tycho, I might find the other. 
Maybe Tycho has gone. Or to if you Sorrel. find Sorrel, you might find Tycho. Yeah, either way. I have a feeling Tycho may be after his sister or looking for her. Well then. So that it sounds like birds with one stone. So if I find Tycho, I might find Sorrel as well. Or interesting choice of words. Well, I didn't mean it literally. No, of course not. <laughs> well then. And she comes closer and she kisses you once on one cheek and once on another. I respond the okay. same. Yeah, and it's sort of a cold Yeah. Not very yeah. more acquaintance. Well, thing, it's yeah. not that. Yeah. There there's you almost get a sense that there is a there's a ritual quality to what she's doing. Making contact with you. Mm-hmm. And a kiss does have symbolic power. Okay, well, I repeat the same ritual. Good luck, then. Thank you. Not that I think you need it. We will meet another day. As you say. Okay, and I go search for Sorrel. All right. Astrid. Yeah? You walk, and... You let yourself be guided, and you feel that, if anything, the forest seems to grow in size and oppressiveness. And what was once maybe more of a temperate climb has begun to shift into a quite chilly area. Your feet, assuming that's where you walk, begin to crunch upon snow that crinkles and crisps around you. There are the faintest trail of pine needles forming a canopy or a floor on which you tread. And... You continue to walk into the gloom, but you do hear whispering around you wind and ice and frost. Oh, it's not going to take me to Sigrun, is it? Where do you go? I mean, I'm trusting the gauntlet, so I'm going to keep following it. All right. I'm going to keep following the the path until it feels like I'm going the wrong way. And if I get the sense I'm going the wrong way, I'm going to switch directions. So you continue traveling. And then after a while, the oppressiveness of the forest actually breaks and begins to kind of thin out. And you realize that you're beginning to kind of trudge uphill. You can see the faintest gleam of a moon kind of cresting over the horizon and forming a large pathway deep beyond is sort of a mountain range that seems to stretch beyond and beyond. And then as you emerge from the forest itself, you see gurgling nearby what appears to be some form of river or rivulet. And in the darkness of the moonlight and this lonely place that you have come to in this moment, you can hear 
what you think is water flowing slowly and into the distance. Now, so far, you are letting instinct guide you. You are letting your connection with the gauntlet. And so you have not taken a very active role in determining where you go. That is a choice, and you can certainly follow that. But what exactly are you looking for? I mean, I'm going to push against the idea that I'm not being active. Like, I'm not just, it's not like I'm just meditating, but I'm trying to pay attention to my senses and my sensations and be less about my intellect and less about my head and more about my gut, like what feels right. And I'm making choices about where to go based on what feels like the direction I should go in. You hear something in the underbrush move and brush heavily against the ground. You hear and feel the rustling of a body scraping against the cold, frozen ground. Show yourself. A large... It, it is okay. I am not an enemy. And with that, just around the corner, getting up from a prone position, unfurling its huge wings and letting the snow break off of it, you see Draugnir, your dragon, look at you with eyes and recognition as its massive draconian form shifts and turns towards you and its neck snake-like comes in towards your position as its massive bulk changes direction wings flap and legs and claws bend against the ground and it turns well, to face creature. you and I say, well, Matt. Opener. Will we begin the crusade? The crusade? Of course, Opener. We are here to do your bidding. To wage glorious battle against our enemies. To find the hosts that will take down those of the Golden City. This we have sung about. This we were promised. And I shackled myself to you, opener of ways, because I see in you the leadership that will take us towards that glorious destiny. Where shall I bear you into glory, Master? Give me a moment. Answer me a few questions. I Who am was your... it that made you this promise? Why, the generals who recruited us, those who called us to resist and to rise up against the static 
institutions that would keep us imprisoned, to keep us enslaved. How dare they impose their will upon us, beings that embrace freedom, that walk in the light and dance in the shadows. We could not be possible without knowing that we strove against such immutability. Do you ever an opener who went by the name of Elaine? This one... You know who I mean? I taste something, but it is beyond my immediate sensation. Perhaps I am too closely linked to you. I smell your presence. I smell your potential. And that is why I am here. I know it and feel it in this moment. This other one, he has no sway over me. He has something I want. Uh, so I will say, um, okay, this is what Astrid's going to do. So Astrid will look at Dragonir right in the eye, the eyes she can see. Mm -hmm. You see that his eyes are drawn to the gauntlet, even though it's sort of kind of, you know, attached to that piece of clothing in your back. It's almost like he smells or senses its power. And because Uh of that, he actually becomes more, if anything, more subservient. His posture becomes a little bit more docile and his head bows um, lower and his eyes do not make contact with yours. It's almost by carrying okay. this and with your will that he is just submitting to you. And would he have ever looked me in the eye before or was that something that he, like, would, he would have? Yeah, he would have. Okay. So this is what, <clears throat> okay. So Astra was like, my path will be mysterious to you. It matters not. But my my goal remains the same, to overthrow those that currently rule in the Golden City and to claim what is rightfully mine. I am your servant. We must find, we must find the one called Elaine. And so I say that, and I'll take out the gauntlet. Now Astrid will put it on, and she'll climb up onto Dragonir's back. Okay, now, here's the thing. Uh, It is not a glove that you can just put on. It is more of a... It's a prosthetic. And it clearly was attached or connected to Oberon's stump. So if you wish to wear it, no, okay, I don't. I was trying to be dramatic. I will take it out, though, and I will hold it. You no, can see oh. that 
in that moment when you actually bring it out, you can see that Draugnir's eyes kind of narrowed and really started focusing upon you and the power that you held. And his whole oh body, se- it seems to be like trembling with excitement and expectation. And you can see that his wings fold back into his scaled body. And he almost then, like an animal prostrating prostrating itself before you, like in that act of utter submission, you can see that his head bends towards the ground, his front legs or claws, they kind of fold underneath his body. And he is like... And it, this is a massive reptilian creature, right? And there is yeah. no reason why you, essentially a human-sized individual, should be receiving this type of submissive behavior from what could be an incredibly powerful and dominant creature. And yet, it seems to be doing just that. Yeah. What do, what do you do? Oh my god, are you telling me I should chop my arm off and wear this thing? I'm so confused. (laughs) It's up to you. Um, (laughs) The gauntlet glows and pulses. And the... Do I have a sense of, like, if I want to tap into its power, do I have a sense that I'm going to have to, like, chop my arm off and have a stub? That clearly is the implication from Oberon's, its connection with Oberon. Again, it is not a glove in which you can put it on. It's a prosthetic. It's a prosthetic. So if you Uh, do wish to do that, that is always an option. Well, Astrid has decided to take Fiona's advice about being active. To the extreme. Oh, all right. She's going to do what she has to do. She's like, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to go find Elaine. I'm going to get the Eye of Oberon. And I'm going to go to Amber. With my cousins. Draugnir opens his maw. You see the razor sharp fangs that kind of cycle in beneath. Can he burn it off or something? And he looks at you and his tongue seems to pass licking the edges and you can see saliva dripping greedily below and as his as as the saliva sort of drops towards the, the 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 ground they hiss with a heat and an acid that seems to dissolve the snow itself command me opener ready I need to wear the gauntlet. Speak. Say your wish. I am yours to command. I need you to bite my arm off right here. Pain lances into your arm. Stars explode in your head. And you fade into darkness. Cassandra? Okay. Yes. Many shadows away, many reflections away, you glance 
and your hand grasps at your amulet. And as you pull it aside, you see Astrid and there is a new image. There are all those things that you described before. And now you see a picture of her bleeding from an arm that has been severed. A massive dragon that is holding the bloodied arm inside its mouth, spitting and dripping acid that burns into the ground. And you can see acid fall over, unconscious, her eyes rolling up into her head as she screams. And you can see that mouth in pain, in agony, in permanence, almost reflect one, two, three, four images that just go into the various facets and Mm -hmm. become dominant. Those other ones that you saw before, you know, her fighting Astrid, her being dejected, her, you know, being confident or whatever, they almost kind of whirl off to the side and the primary facets all become this focus of that one image of her falling and falling and falling towards the ground as the dragon raises its maw into the heavens, gulps once, and then you can see her arm disappear into her gullet. And with that, we're going to call it a night. Oh. Yay! <laughs> I'm just going to put in the chat, Astrid has one arm now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I freaking love it. Oh. You feel like Astrid has a low wisdom score? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would Oh, man, I missed everybody else, man. Like, it was great. It was really yeah. good to have you guys on it. Just a it it allowed us to focus yeah, on yourself. Yeah, no, no, it, yeah. it was cool. Um, I just wish that I had more time with, uh, with uh, Leah. Well, yeah. yeah, but she can't yeah. help it if she has any yeah. issues. Because it was getting cool with her, too. I know. Anyways. Oh, man. I feel like Leah's arc is, like, the most interesting. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you have just um, <laughs> uh, uh, done a deal uh, with the devil. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh that was fun. Um, okay, and so, yeah. Katie, you said for August you're sort of not available, right? So you wouldn't be... Uh, participating in the next yeah. one right okay yeah I'm well it's, it's a good thing you're out there in the wilderness uh yeah. you know with the dying with the, with, 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 the st- with the stump <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah hopefully the acid Possibly burns into the stop bleeding <laughs> i'm debating whether or not i should send you so with sigrun with mm-hmm. sarah knowing that she wasn't going to attend yeah um she and i did a little uh play by discord thing okay. Um, which describes exactly kind of what her experience was. Right. And I kind of want to send that to you guys. Okay. Uh, just to, to, so that you can actually experience what it is that she kind of went through. So okay. I, I'm going to talk to her first to see if she's willing to share it right. at of this course. point. I think yeah. it would be really interesting because, you know, if we played normally, you would have heard everything that she went through. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so really yeah. like everything that happened happened, but that was her experience. Right. right? You obviously still don't know what Tycho's experience is. No. You just know what happened to you. Yes. Just okay. Very good today, guys. Yeah. I am. Uh, I also, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I also it's like that time when 
when Fiona's like telling Cassandra like you're better than everyone else, just go off on your own. <laughs> I feel like I wanted to say our characters probably all think that, but we like each other. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good, guys. Okay, thanks a lot. We'll see you. And I if guess if we're always separate, it makes it more difficult. Oh no, no, yeah, yes. yeah, well, yeah. I'm just playing the game, man. Yeah, I know. All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks a lot, right. Katie. That was awesome. Thanks, Katie. Uh-huh. All right.